Is there closure you never got to have? We'll go around, but you start. Oh, man. Closure I never got to have. And this gets deep very quickly. Why was level three, dude? Yeah. yeah. I feel like me and you will relate on this on this one. Yeah. Yeah, my mother, uh, she passed away from cancer. And um, it was one of those things where it didn't happen very quickly, but I don't feel like I got the kind of closure that I wanted to because I just kept hoping and praying and wishing that she would get better. And she just got progressively worse and worse and worse. And for anyone that's experienced something similar that, uh, that I went through, it got a lot faster as it went along. You know, the first couple years, surgery here, chemo here, radiation there. And so you just keep hoping that it'll get better. And you want to push off those conversations because having closure with somebody with a health issue means that you have to admit it first. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That there is the possibility that it's not going to get better. And so by the time I was ready to have closure or talk to her, because I do remember my mother had that call, that conversation with her mother uh, before she had passed. And so, but at that point, she was so out of it. It was in hospice. And uh, just didn't ever have that closure. Now, not having closure doesn't mean I hold on to it. I think that question could be misleading because it assumes negative connotation. Yeah. And, but I'm at peace with her passing. I've been at peace for a very long time because I got to be there with her and for <coughs> her at the end. And she wanted to pass away in our house around her family, with her children, and she got exactly that. So there was never verbal closure, but I felt like she, I got to give her the last moments of her life, the last weeks of her life, the way that she wanted it, given everything else. So, um, but yeah, as far as closure in general, um, I guess the question asked, closure you never got to have, and um, I guess there's things we can't predict that are going to happen in our lives. So I guess the only thing that I can take away from that was if you want to tell somebody something, you fucking tell them. You don't wait around because we don't get to wait around. And so I guess in that regard, I didn't get closure, but I am at peace with, with that. So That's awesome, man. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Let's go say it. Exactly as it is when it's on your heart. Because you don't know if you're going to get tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my biggest fears. My Luckily, my parents are both still alive. But as, I don't know if it's negative or not, the way I think. But just thinking about it is definitely scary to think of. That one day that they're just not going to be here. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to imagine. And it's scary to think about. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for me, a closure would be my grandfather. He lived right behind my parents in the red house and um, we were very close as kids. You know, he was, he's the guy that taught me how to drive tractors and he, you know, hunting. My father was, was there as well, of course, but Pap was always the guy where he was kind of the cool guy, right? And we had a lot of fun together. He's a truck driver. 
And there's certain days you didn't want to piss him off. And other days you had a great time with him. Like you just never knew, but he always had his little wagon and his tractor and he'd go around. He's so proud of that little tractor and he put stone in it, take it out in the lane and fix the potholes. And we'd get on this. They used to take uh, telephone poles and they'd cut them in like eight foot sections and then uh, nail them together, like maybe two, three feet apart. And as kids, they, they are, he'd drag them behind the tractor in order to level out the driveway. It was called the drag, right? Or we get on the fields where we planted corn and we just, as kids, we would sit on and try to hold on to them like some kind of like horse, right? And just like drag along. And sometimes your legs get sucked underneath and he's like, just hold on. You know what I mean? Like he was just <laughs> old and gruff and, and, but he had just such love in him. Like you could just see the love in his eyes and everything like that. And, and then he eventually retired and, and, you know, he, he taught me a valuable lesson when he retired because when he retired, he didn't have a mission anymore, right? The mission of life were, he was a truck driver and then a school bus driver. Then he worked as a janitor at a school and he was, he always had service in his heart. But when he retired, I'll never forget. He just sat in his garage on a five gallon pail and, and just drink beer. Not all the time. Like he wasn't to get drunk or anything, but that was like his thing to do. And he just looked like a man without a mission, without a purpose. And it was only about two years later when he died. Right. So I just saw this man, this masculine man that had such an impact in my life, just stop. And lose his way and thinking that retirement was going to be the answer, right? I finally made it, finally got here. And I'll never forget the visual of him sitting in that garage on his five gallon pail, drinking a beer. It's probably skin and wire for beer money. You know what I mean? I just, what he did, he'd burn wire off, take the copper to the recycle place and get enough money for beer cases. They're like, you can afford beer. Why are you doing this? It's like a hobby for him. Like, is that what <laughs> retirement is about? Yeah. I'm like, if that's what retirement, I don't ever want to retire anyway. But you know, it wasn't too long. He came down on a Sunday morning down to our house, which is only a couple hundred feet away. And I was out talking to him and, and he was just a happy guy. And he, he walked up and a couple hundred feet to the house and fell over a massive heart attack right from my grandmother. And she came screaming out of the house and I was working that morning and I'll never forget it. And came up to the house and he was on the floor and tried to revive him and he was stone dead, you know, and she had to witness that. And then just trying to just comprehend what it was. You know, he's a hero yeah. of mine. And just to comprehend that experience and to know there was nothing that could be done, the paramedics could not bring him back. And it was, it was deep. It really, and that's some closure. I wish I could have just gave him a big hug and said that I loved him because I don't know that I ever did that. I mean, I always felt that I gave him that, but never, I didn't have the courage to say those words when I was younger, but that's something I wish I could do. Yeah. To his face, because they really... He impacted my life quite significantly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so my dad died when I was 19. I think everyone knows that here. But uh, I don't even remember the last, like, memory I had with him. Like, you know, before he died, like, I don't remember the, our last encounter at all. Like, I can tell you that. And I kind of wish I did. Like, I, I don't remember, like, the last time I said I love you to him. Obviously, like, I did. But, um, like, all the time. But... You know, I just, yeah, I don't remember. I never had that closure because it just happened like that. And it wasn't like he was in the hospital because he was sick or anything. It just happened after like one of his workout classes. My mom called me up and I was at the ninja gym at the time. And uh, yeah, I remember I was going to the hospital. I thought he was going to be fine. Um, and they got to the hospital. And my sister told me he had a massive heart attack and that was it. Just like that. Never saw him again, you know, and obviously his spirit's still here and his legacy is still here. And I still take all the lessons and everything that I've learned from him. But uh, yeah, I never had that closure. Um, 
but you know, we still try to, I still, I still try to like talk to him, see if he'll give me signs and stuff like that. And, you know, just rem- have, I still have memories, but I never, yeah, I never got that closure. So that definitely hurts. And, uh, yeah. For me, um, I really haven't, I was, I was talking about this with Zach earlier. I really haven't had anything too traumatic happen to me. Um, especially no one really, really close to me that I haven't gotten closure with. I think my great grandmother passed away, but we kind of knew that was coming for a long time. I'd say the biggest thing for me to have to do with this subject is like you said, like almost not having the courage to tell the people around you that you love them. Yeah. And I don't know why it's so hard, but sometimes it just is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what scares me too, is that I don't think I'll ever get to have the relationship that I want before that day comes, unfortunately. Um, I think I will try my best to, and I think it's just from both sides. But um, that's something that I struggle with a lot, with my dad specifically. Dad, okay. Yeah, just because he's a... He's an old school guy. He was an immigrant, so he came from Mexico. Um, and is just very like hard worker, and that's pretty much all he does, just work twenty four seven. Um so yeah, I mean I think I think I will, but especially now seeing my parents just get older. Um, like I said, it's just a really scary thing to see. So that's kind of where I'm at with the whole topic. Yeah, there's uh something that I've learned over the years and I call it for, for me, I call it the hundred percent brother. So I have an identical twin brother and him and I used to be thick as thieves growing up. Like we did everything together. My name's Matt. His name's Mike. We were the M and M twins. We did everything together. We traded classes. We never traded girls, but, um, we were just thick as thieves. And then after our parents passed, we kind of started to go in different directions. And over the last few years, what I've noticed, well, one, I wasn't happy with our relationship and God forbid anything would happen to him or happen to me. And if it did, I would have such regret about it, but I can't force a relationship. I can't make him do anything, even with our whole past, our whole upbringing, all of that. And what I learned was I can be that brother that I've always wanted to be. I could be that side of the equation. And then not only do I act and say the things that I always wanted to say to him, so I started opening up to him more. I started holding myself up to a higher level of the brother I knew I could be and that I wanted to be, regardless of how he responded to it. And so you had said that you don't know if you're going to ever have that relationship, but if you show up every single day as the hundred percent son to your father, to your mother, that's all you can do. We talk a lot about energy as well. You put out that energy, you'd be very surprised at what will come back. Just give, give, give. However you view being that amazing son to your parents, be that person every single day. If they reject it, If they are off put by it, don't understand it, it feels uncomfortable, that's fine. That's not you, that's them. But if you show up every single day and give it your all, then you never have to worry about having closure or anything like that because you're 
telling them you love them every day. You're hugging them every time you see them and just doing whatever it is you need to do. I think what this question really talks about, you hit the nail on the head. It's not about did you have closure or did you not have closure? It's did you have the courage to love somebody, not connect with them, but love them? Because we all talked about our family, our parents. And so closure, I think it's this trite overused term that assumes there's a perfect ending to anything. And yeah, there if any, is. If, yeah, if anyone's ever lived life, yeah. it's never going to happen that way. So what can we do today in this moment? I wish I did it years ago. I wish I did it two years ago, but they say the best time to do something was two years ago. The second best time to do it is today. Yeah. yeah. So just take I think that. That's really, really good advice for anybody, especially for myself. I'm, I really do take that to heart. Yeah. Yeah. Like just be the best son you can be the best friend you can be. And if you're showing up every single day like that, it doesn't matter how everybody else acts or reacts. Just know that you are being the best version of yourself you can be every day. And I've done that with my brother and our relationship has gotten stronger. It's not where I want it to be, but that's not the goal anymore. The goal is how do I show up as a man to my brother? Yeah. It's a really, really good perspective for anybody. I know that's, I've never seen it that way. And that really shifted and just now like everything, how I see it. So. Yeah. I feel like there's so many crucial conversations that need to be had, but they never do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, you kind of, you kind of have to just go for it, take that step and, and really, you know, go for that crucial conversation or tell that person you love them. Or I think a lot of people need um, someone to tell them that they're proud of them. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that happens as enough. It's true. You know, I think that's the equivalent of myself not being able to tell my dad per se, like, I love you. And my dad not being able to tell me that I'm, that he's proud of me. I think it's mm-hmm. the same thing mm-hmm. for both, especially yeah. for men in general. Sure. It's Absolutely. hard to do that. I struggle with that. You know, I love my father. He loves me. I know that. That's not a, a question. Mm-hmm. But to exactly. say it, it chokes me up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, why? Same with my brother. I love my brother. But it's only recently since I was like, I love you, brother. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looked at me because I love you too. You know, and I'm like, why has it taken almost 40 years to say that? There's like a mutual understanding. Do you but think it's it part of your ego at all? Or do you think it's more or less just like pride or? I don't know what it is. I'm really mm-hmm. searching for the emotion that is tied to that. And I don't, I don't mm-hmm. have one that locks in. Yeah, I don't think I say it enough to my family either. For me, I, I see it as like, um, I see it almost as like a little kid or girly thing to do. I think that's kind of where it comes from. And as men, we're not supposed to necessarily feel that way or that's not the stereotypical way to be. It's supposed to, I think that opens up a can of worms that we don't want to let open. I think, I think, I think there's, I know for me, when I say it, it actually, I get emotional and it chokes me up to say it in, in, in the most beautiful way. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think it's my ego trying to protect whatever masculine shield is supposed to be there. Like I'm supposed to be strong or whatever. And to show, to say it, I know it triggers that in me. So then I want to stay away from that trigger. So I just, and there's times I'll dodge it. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, no. It opens up that whole can of worms of emotions and of everything else you suppress too that you want to say, but you're not going to. But why in family? Because I'll say, I love you. I love you. You know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, 
that's not a problem. I say it to my wife, to my because kids, it, but why? Because it what is family? so close. It, but why father and brother? Like there's just something is there. It almost like an awkward thing because you haven't said well, it in so I long? Think, Maybe. I, I think it's because it yeah. means so much more is why it's so much harder to say. I think you're right. Mm. But, because you, yeah. you, for us, yes. But yeah. it's obviously it's not the same love for your father, for your son. Yeah. So it's so much harder to say. And then once you say that, you you're just vulnerable. Yeah, it, it it could be. Yeah, it could be. And I'm definitely have to work on that one there because I know I've said it recently, but it's it's a different it's a different emotion that is mm -hmm. tied to that. And I need to search deeper into that. Maybe I'll meditate on that one and just figure out what it is that triggers that. For me, it's just uncomfortableness yeah. because of how vulnerable I am. I think. But Just again, being if, if we know vulnerability is that there's some form of weaponization of that information, you know, if that is true, then what could be weaponized if you told your father, or in my case, my brother or father that I What do them? you mean by that? He can reject Weaponized it. By, by my father? By, by anybody. Because if it's vulnerability, it means there's a weakness somewhere but, or something that can be turned against you. But it doesn't have to be used against you. It could be just rejection. Like so he, maybe that's he, what he it is. could reject his love. Yeah. So he, maybe, he maybe we're up. trying to protect ourselves from rejection so we don't say it so that we don't have to face it if it would be true, even though we know it's not. I think that's it. I think it's fear of opening yourself up. Like when the first time you and I had met, uh, Joshua and I met at Undisputed Mastery, which yeah. is a, a men's event, kind of similar to MMA type stuff. Anyways, the first exercise that we had to do, so we were paired as um, Bia's brothers in arms. Um, and the first thing that we had to do, so the quick background, this was a masculine event to really work on our inner wounds that we received as a child and to work through all of that um, personal development as yeah, they, a man. They literally like break you down kind of thing. Yeah. Call you out on all your shit. You went? Yeah. Yeah. I went, I went twice actually, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they break us down physically. They break us down mentally, emotionally. So the first exercise that we had to do was I had to, uh, I had to grab you on the shoulders, mm -hmm. or was it on the face? I think it was shoulders. 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 Yeah, I think it was shoulders. Oh, it, it was shoulders. So we grab each other on the shoulders, and then we uh, put our foreheads together. So oh, I didn't do that. A man, yeah. So a man that I've never met before. I don't know him from Adam. Straight out of COVID. Yeah, this was after COVID, I think. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Uh, who gives a shit? But anyway. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have our hands on each other's shoulders and we put our foreheads together. So we're like locked tight together, two men. And then we had to feel each other breathe. So we breathe in and out, in and out. And it felt so weird and awkward and strange because you were embracing. So yeah, it was very intimate. You were embracing another man not sexual whatsoever. Right. And it was to teach you that men can love and embrace each other and not sexualize it, which is a huge misconception in our modern American culture. Yeah. And so the whole time we were talking about not saying, I love you to your father or your, your brother mm -hmm. or being able to open yourself up intimately like that with another man it was only until i got much older that i could like i could tell my brother i love him mm -hmm. all the time i didn't have that same thing but other men in my life friends yeah it was very awkward for me to tell 
took me 20 plus years to tell close friends of mine that I love them or to hug them or to embrace them man to man. And so I think for me, that was what I was seeing as, as a deeper rooted issue is our modern American culture, not at least for men being able to express themselves intimately with one another out of pure love, not sexuality, pure love for each other. I know for me, even if I do say it to one of my friends, I almost say it almost like in a joking manner. It's a different kind of energy. Love you, bro. Just to cover, exactly. Just to like cover my ego almost and like protect myself. Yeah. I think the rejection thing, I think you nailed that because that's one of my main saboteurs is rejection. Mm-hmm. my deeper fears yeah as well fears. so I what did you guys do you guys you guys put your foreheads together and you <laughs> we, <laughs> you we could do it right now on say, over, maybe, over, maybe a little demonstration air, yeah. Yeah. I'm down <laughs> <laughs> let's see it oh man so yeah, yeah no it, it was um, it was just like any of the other exercises they had us go through you go yeah. you know you put yourself in an uncomfortable position uncomfortable whether it's physically, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I, I feel like our relationship wouldn't be what it is if we didn't do things like that together. Because yeah, that was, it was only a minute or two. It wasn't very long, but um, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely something that I will never forget. Yeah. Same here. Um, you guys have an energy about yourselves that's like very very similar as well like you guys seem like you guys would be best friends like yeah they're both crazy as fuck (laughs) (laughs) and I don't even know that about them like it's just like they just like fit I feel like yeah like they're just the same person different fonts almost like what's amazing is that two years ago we didn't even know of each other yeah that's the craziest part yeah. yeah, and the transformation both. I mean, I've I've kind of seen most of his transformation and your transformation too. Yeah. And like five years ago, you guys weren't anything like this. No, not even close. No, shoot, I don't have my my phone on me, but somebody sent me a a photo of my bachelor party. It was mm. we were cooking steaks, and it was really cool because uh, uh yeah, yeah, you can hand hand it over. Uh, we were cooking steaks, and one of our friends brought a flame flamethrower to the flamethrower to the bachelor. I'm, I'm not even joking. And so we were cooking the steak with the flamethrower. Anyways, they took a picture of me doing it. Said so you're from Kentucky. And uh now Cal- <laughs> hey this is California. Yeah, they allow yeah. those out there? Oh yeah, shit, I guess they were illegal. Yeah. <laughs> I thought matches were illegal out there. Um, <laughs> so but anyways Flint long steel. story short, yeah, I, I was looking at the photo and I was like, was was that me? Like I couldn't even recognize my own my own self, and this was only a few years ago, four or five years ago. But yeah, that's the cool thing. You can change pretty quickly. You can change your life to whatever you want it to be. Yeah, it doesn't take very long. It starts with a decision. What do you guys think? Um, for me, I think that your environment is what changes you the quickest and the most effective, almost. In what way? When you say environment. Um. Like your physical environment and who also who you surround yourself with mm. and where and what you do. I think I think who is the biggest um, factor in that because who you surround yourself with is what kind of makes your environment. Yep. Um, so I'd say who. 
Yeah, it can also be uh, online too, like the content you consume, the music that you listen to, even the food that you eat. I feel like that's like all part of your environment. But yeah, I think the I biggest think, one I think is, that's, is the actual people in real life. Because all sure. that stuff also affects like who, if you're living with a group of with guys in a, in a house yeah. and it's like, all right, what are we eating for dinner? And it's like, if it's a group of like-minded guys, it's like, yeah, we're yeah. going to eat like steak and like eat good food. Yeah, you can imagine the difference of like, if I live with those two or I've lived in like a frat house. Exactly. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Um, I have three cards. Zach, do you want to pick one blindly? Well, these are wild cards too, aren't they? No, only one was. Only one. Okay. Um, when do you feel most like you? Um, ooh, um, actually, when I'm alone in in nature, and like I can just be by myself, listen to you know the birds flying, the sun on my face, the wind hit my face. Um, I get so clear when I when I'm by myself, and like nothing's around, and it's just me out there. It's like kind of, I can kind of connect with nature. I feel like I can connect with God more. And uh, I just know myself so much better when I can do that. So yeah, I feel like that's not like super deep one. No, not it's, super it's deep. A, it's, I, a good, it's a little bit on a, of a lighter note though <laughs> from yeah. the last one. Uh, so when do you feel most like you? Um, for me, it's when I surround myself with people who are very like-minded and I can be myself and just feel comfortable around people. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Who I surround myself with, really. But what yeah. kind of what kind of people though? Because there's a bunch of different people. Like I said, I think it's just people that I feel the most comfortable with. Yeah. Um, like even you guys is probably a good example. Gotcha. I would say for me, it's events like this, just in general. Mm. I felt like. For the longest time, I was just living a life that wasn't mine. I was living a life for other people. What they expected me to do, what they expected me to say, how to act, what I shouldn't, should or shouldn't be doing. And I think the first time I went to a Tony Robbins event, um, one, I thought it was absolutely insane. <laughs> if you did, I'm, I'm scared to what I'm gonna think. <laughs> yeah, people, people jumping up and down. Um, I don't know. It, it just something with the energy, of the people, being able to open yourself up. Um, I guess now that I'm saying that, also too, when I go to music concerts, I feel most like myself. I grew up playing drums, played in a few bands, always loved music. My father was huge into music. That was our biggest way to connect with one another. Yeah. And so when I'm at a music concert and I can let loose or I'm at an event like mm -hmm. this where I can let loose, that's when I feel the most like myself, the most alive, the most full of energy. Because yeah, when I was married and I was not living the way that was being true to myself. So. It's incredible your transformation. I met you right when you were deciding whether you're going to stay. You're trying to work it out with your wife. Yeah. And having to make the very tough decision that it just wasn't going to happen. I think for me, when I tap into what I was like when I was a kid, like I think as adults, we are mm -hmm. groomed to take that kid out of ourselves. And when you can have fun and joke and laugh and be silly, yep. especially when you're around a group of guys like this, mm -hmm. like we, yeah, 
it's uh yeah that's why it's so cool to spend time with kids because you, you like you just kind of feed off their energy and kind of like become more like them a little and bit and they have no insecurities they're yeah. not self-aware yeah. they'll be they're honest just, with you they're just <laughs> yeah. living their best life yeah <laughs> they really are right. somehow like it's pushed out of us they don't have that filter yeah yeah I mean, even for me, when I first came in here and we were just dancing for like the first like five, 10 minutes, there's a group of like <laughs> older guys, like my first time here and Zach. And I was like, all right, this is a little, little, little weird. Not hundred yeah. percent what I was expecting. No um, drugs either. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, no, wow, no, no alcohol. <laughs> I saw him. I was like, wow, they're really not playing around. Cause I saw you going crazy. I was like, wow, they're really, they're really serious about this. So, Awkward. but now. <laughs> But now at the end of the day, like, A, I get it. And B, I feel a lot more comfortable and closer with everybody than I could have imagined. I was thinking, like, what's it going to be like for Jordan to come in? Like, we've already tuned to each other, right? All of our energies yeah, are aligned. Exactly. And I'm like, he's kind of coming in, not sure what the fuck he's getting into. <laughs> and then you land at a time no when it was a five-minute just rampage of oh, music, it was like right? 20. And you come it in the like door, 20. and I'm like, let's see what the boy does. Right? He comes in, right? And he's like... <laughs> I just see your eyes like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, all right. I got it, it took every, me, I was, I was pretty quick. Takes a day. I was you saying, went really quick. I was yeah. pretty quick. <laughs> it took me like five minutes, yeah. but still, I feel like it was pretty yeah. quick where I was like, all right, let's just, let's just let, yeah. I was like, at some point out in my head, I was like, let's just let loose of everything that I'm thinking yeah. and just go with the flow. Yeah. How does it feel when you finally just let that go? That's why I said, that's why it feels like, that's when it feels like the most to be like myself. Yeah. When I'm just, can be, okay and comfortable yeah. you gotta be crazy in order to let that go yeah. you know what I mean you gotta you gotta get up and dance and be nuts and crazy and everyone's being crazy around you and you're like well okay if everybody else well, I'll do it you know and pretty exactly. soon that child comes back out mm -hmm. you know my answer to this question you know when do you feel like you the most is having conversations like this and spending time with men like you guys you know what I mean and just having these deep, not even just men my wife or anybody just having deep conversations being in nature you know, being up in the mountains, just being in the valleys, being in the, the absolute gloriness of nature. Yep. Having that as a combination is like the perfect combination oh, for, yeah. for my soul. A hundred percent. You know, so people ask, why do you do these events? Why do you think, you know, make all this happen? And I'm like, it's because you guys have no idea how much I get from this. Yeah. yeah. You have no idea. I probably get 10x of what you do. <laughs> you have no idea. My bucket is just overflowing the entire time and I can't wait for the next one. Yep. I'm already excited for the next one. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yep. because it's it's just something that just aligns directly with your soul. That's the one thing I know that I never, why I never really wanted to work in normal jobs, the monotony of life and never like, never really like just working in a, not necessarily an office. So I think that's the example a lot of people use, but even working in like a fun environment, like fun environment for like a regular job, it's still like, like let's say a hand on blue collar job. Like you still like really don't like, get that like soul feeding energy from anywhere like it's just kind of draining your soul at that point depends on what you're doing of course yeah but, uh, and and if it aligns yeah. with you or not correct yeah that's but for important. me it really just nothing like that did yeah that's why i yeah. love doing videos and videography and learning about people and doing all of that and traveling and yeah. everything yeah the thing about our job is like it's different every single time exactly. it's a different story it's different a different people. location yeah, we're yeah. shooting different stuff. That's really yeah. my dream life too. Is like yeah. doing that every weekend. Like, yeah, get to sit down with people like this. Like, exactly. It's, yeah, that's really good. I told my. I tried to explain to my girlfriend what what the event was, and I was like, 
You know, sometimes there's just things you just gotta, they might sound a little weird to people, but you just gotta trust yourself and just go for it. (laughs) And like you said, at the, at, at at the end of everything, you'll get some sort of experience out of it. You got a hundred percent chance of learning something. Yeah. Yeah. And you just got introduced to it. Like, I feel like you don't really get it yet. Yeah. I mean, you've only yeah. been here today. I mean, I got and thrown this, in a pretty, <laughs> yeah, pretty uncomfortable, <laughs> wacky time. No, sure. Yeah, I definitely but, don't understand yeah. everything, but yeah. I'm like, I, I knew I had, I knew I had to take the chance of come and be like, yeah, see what it's all about. Like UPW is like the perfect one to start with because yeah. this yeah. is more of like a specialized thing. Um, and then like Mission Mindset Adventure, like his event, like, <clears> that you'll get so much more out of that. I guarantee it. Yeah. I'm glad you're coming along fun yeah yeah it's gonna be a game changer for you you're you gonna realize oh yeah you're gonna become more aware of who I feel you like are Zach's more excited to see how, how yeah. i'm gonna be that I am. Yeah. he has plans you know? <laughs> <laughs> Zach's playing something special for me he's like hey we're going this way <laughs> get out the dry ice <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness did, so we, did, everyone, did you answer that one yep yep okay. everyone did everyone did i gotta piss like a racehorse right now that's right how about you do that and we'll yeah, keep it running. Sounds great. Cool. We don't want you pissing we'll, uh, yourself. We'll go to commercial break real quick. All right. Yeah. All right, so, good. <laughs> All right, now you guys show us. Have you the... ever woken up in the middle of the night <laughs> and just had that feeling <laughs> that somebody <laughs> probed you? <laughs> well, if you have, <laughs> for four installments of forty nine ninety nine, not three, Six. hire your own personal bodyguard. <laughs> But wait, there's more. But wait, <laughs> there's more. What's the bonus? Please tell us, Ace. We all want to know. The bonus is... It comes with the probe. If the, if the bodyguard falls asleep and it still happens, you'll have the, uh, the cream. To- <laughs> you give our special anti-probe device. Can you explain how the cream works? Uh, cream. Hold on. So It creates a web. Oh, okay. Yeah. A thick web. <laughs> well, I, I just had I just had a a memory. Not oh yeah. <laughs> not, not anything to do so with this exi- with being, you've with already probed. beta tested this new product. No, 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 no. Uh, this have you been me, getting probed by no, this, this, this reminded me of a no this, by this a re- thick web. This reminded me of a of a, Have you been dating Superman? No, th- this reminded Spider-Man. me of a of a practical joke. Okay. All right. So what do you I do? Have a good what, one. what you do is if if you're having somebody sleep over or something like that, they you know they go to bed or whatever. You go into the bathroom, you lift up the lid and, and the uh, the seat and all that, and you put saran wrap mm. around the toilet, <laughs> yeah. and then you put mm. the seat back on. You can probably keep the cover up. Uh, up. And so in the middle of the night <laughs> when they go, whether they keep the seat down or put the seat up, usually someone's going to pee standing up, right? Mm. Or if they sit down, well, I guess it's even rest <laughs> even worse. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, that that works pretty good because yeah, someone's yeah. a little too tired in the middle of the night to know that they're gonna pee on some uh, saran wrap and it's gonna go everywhere. <laughs> I gotta ask: Do we like just like ditch the event? Yes, I think so. I don't think we ditched. I think we enhanced it. I think we're also <laughs> learning a lot more here than anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm having a hell of a good time here. So for sure, a blind man walks into a bar. <laughs> okay, and then he walks into a chair. And then he walks into a table. Mm-hmm. And then he walks into another chair. The end. He doesn't say ouch? No. I thought you were going to ask me a question. That like, was my dad no, joke. That was a- okay. <laughs> Blind man walks to the bar, says ouch. <laughs> That's right. One more? 
Go for it. We let's roll. Okay. Um, we have about uh, ten minutes left on the cameras. All right. If, mm, which one do you think? Where should I put the audio? I'm not too confident in this. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> More than ten minutes. <laughs> if you, have I guess we gotta do that one then, huh? Since you said a. Uh, yeah, go for it. All right. We're gonna talk about aliens at all. Mine. UFOs. No. There you go. I'll let you read it. All right. Cool. We should do one about AI soon, though. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> and what level is this? This is like level. This is thirteen. Level three. Yeah, this is level, level one. Level thirteen. So since I get to read it, I don't. I don't get to answer first. No, mm. you do not. You get to choose. All right. All right, Joshua. Yes, sir. Was suicide ever a thought? Question mark. Question mark. Was suicide ever a thought? I can honestly say no. I've never, I've never thought about that. Now, have I ever thought driving along the road, being like, I wonder what it'd be like to kind of veer off and hit something, <laughs> like what that would feel like? I can say that's true. Yeah. But it wouldn't be to end it. It would be just for an experience. Yeah. Like, I've had that thought a million times. Yeah. Like, what, yeah. like, what would happen if I just like hit that guardrail or that fucking pole? Can yeah. I take it out completely? If I just go over this bridge really quick. Yeah, what if I? What happens. if I just went off that cliff? Could I? Yeah. Make it? Yeah. But no, not. Will the car fly? <laughs> yeah, why? I see them on TV. They do it all the time. No, but other than that, no, I've never, never considered it. No, honestly. Yeah, I haven't either. Really? Yeah, no, really. Yeah, I mean, kind of what Josh said about like, or even like cliff jumping. I'm like, fuck, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I, I only saw. I, I honestly thought everybody did. Um, I, I definitely have. Like, not. I think there's uh, levels to it. Um, and I talked to a therapist um, just because like I have, a, I have like some ADHD or whatever. So I talked to one, I went to like two or three sessions and she asked me that. She asked me about it. And I was like, yeah, I never really like thought about actually doing it. But like, I thought about what it would be like, like what it would look like, who, would it, who, it, who it would affect and all of the thoughts kind of around it. But I never thought about actually doing it. Like as much as I did, I I knew I would never do it, but I always thought about it. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. What I love about you, Jordan, already is the fact that you just came into this group only a few hours ago, learned how to jump pretty quickly, and you just dive in full force, dude. Like, I does anybody else feel like he's holding back? Because I don't feel like he's holding back, and it takes. <laughs> I'm. I'm. That's really amazing. I I'm, not, I'm not joking. I'm serious yeah. that you're willing to just open up to complete strangers. You know, Zach, yeah. you kind of know me a little bit. Yeah. Complete strangers. I you're met willing Zach to... like a couple months ago. <laughs> That's my point though. Dude. That, that shows a very strong conviction in yourself that you're, that you're confident enough to do that and say that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also the environment. Like I feel very comfortable here. So yeah. it's awesome. It's just the headphones here. Myself talking. You know? it, yeah. <laughs> it did make you look quite manly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it my turn? It's your turn, sir. It's my your turn. turn. Was suicide ever a thought? For me, it, it was a thought. And it's been a thought recently. I wouldn't say in the past couple weeks, but definitely in the past couple months. Um, I always like to use the example or the analogy of, you know, usually where somebody ends up, whether they end up homeless or something like that. It just doesn't happen one day, right? 
the same thing I believe is is happens with suicide. They call it a sickness. You know, people are be like, why is that person so selfish? They left behind a family. They left behind their friends, their loved ones. I had a cousin who um, she killed herself and her kids found her in the bathroom. And um, just such a tragic story. And when I think back on my interactions with her, the months leading up to it, the years actually leading up to it, there was a lot of negativity in her life, a lot of head trash, a lot of just disempowering beliefs and just very negative energy. And so I'm not afraid to tell people that I've thought about it before because that's all it was. It was just a thought. And I also knew at that time that if I kept entertaining that thought and going back to that thought and giving that thought energy, exactly. that it would take me to a place that I knew exactly. I didn't want to go. Yeah. And so I never, there were more fleeting thoughts. Yep. And, you know, like you had said, like the curiosity, like what if? Yeah. And you imagine it. Exactly. I imagined the it. whole situation. Mm-hmm. It's like, a, is it a thought or was it ever an option? For me, it was just a thought. Okay. Yeah. I knew in my heart of hearts that that wasn't the answer, that that wasn't an option, no matter how hard life got. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some times, you know, when you go through a lot and you're continuing to live in that narrative day in and day out, and I think isolating yourself is a big component of it as well. When we're not around people that we love, that love us, where we can be ourselves, where we can express ourselves. It's just those thoughts can creep up yeah. out of nowhere. You know, what, what's the worst form of punishment that they have in prison? It's solitary confinement. Exactly. They separate. Oh shit, sorry about that. They separate people, prisoners from everybody else. And there's been studies on that. And what it does to you neurologically, there's a chemical called tachykinin that's produced in your, in your brain and in your body that literally gives those kinds of thoughts, lots of negativity. It just floods your body with, with negative chemicals, depression, mm. things like that. And so social, social isolation is, is a huge thing. And when I look back on when I was thinking about it, there was just a lot of things going on in my life as far as the divorce the uh, financial stress that I was going through and I was isolating myself. I didn't even realize that that was becoming a habit in my life. I'd go, I'd work. I wouldn't be around a lot of people while I was working. Then I'd go home. Yeah, I had my dog, but which was, which was good, but it's not a human. Yeah. You know, it's, I can have only so many conversations with my dog before. <laughs> even I know I'm crazy at that point, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it had been a thought here and there, but I can definitely relate to what you said about it being, um, one of those things where like, if you entertain it, you can see, like, it's just something you don't want to entertain. Um, just because like, you can see it, like for me, it never got to like an option like Zach said, but it's just like, 
something that I definitely like I'm an overthinker to begin with. So I already over like I already think about everything that can possibly happen in like a millisecond. So for that, I feel like it was just kind of very much part of that where it was like, and it was never really scared me or it was never really like, oh, I'm, there's a chance I'm going to do this, but it was very vivid. Like, this is what it would look like. Like, not as in like, this is what, even what I want to do because I knew at the end of the day, I didn't want to, but it was just like, this is what it would take. This is what it looks like. This is what it would do to other people, like all of those different things. And I think that's just part of also my brain just overthinking. Yeah, well, I, I work for a nonprofit that that fights against sex trafficking, and what I've learned from the men that have founded it and started it, that have studied people who are involved with the <coughs> sex trafficking, as far as the people who partake in that, you know, they're the ones that are buying the children or molesting the children or whatever. What I learned from them is it doesn't start there. It starts looking up pornography on the internet. Just regular regular pornography. You know, this stuff is fine. And then it goes deeper. Because that thrill, that, that adrenaline rush, that dopamine hit that they got from just starting out at pornography starts to wear off like any other drug. Then they got to go deeper. They got to go more. They got to make it more real. And so then they start watching rough pornography or possibly child pornography. And then they have to take it to the next level. They go on these chat rooms and start talking to children or, or go on Facebook or what have you and start talking to minors. They get off on that. And so it's, it's a natural progression of a sickness. And suicide is the same way. You start doing things like isolating yourself and then toying around with the idea. You know, a lot of people that um, jump off bridges, things like that, that actually end up living, end up regretting that it got that far. The second after, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right when they jump. And thankfully, some of them do live. And it's like they, they get snapped out of that that spell. Um once they realize the implications yeah. of how far they went. And that's why when people say it's a sickness, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, but whatever you're doing in life, whatever road you're going down, understand that you can stop at any point. You just have to be conscious of what's going on. Like what they say, the easiest way to stop digging a hole for yourself is to stop digging. Yep. And yeah, it's, it's the same thing though, like telling people you love them, but also at the same time, like, you know, they talk about all these shooters with school shootings. We've had a couple hundred of them already mm -hmm. this year, not even halfway through the year. I think it's, it's over 200 Jesus. right now. In this year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just in 2023. Um, it's not only telling the people you love that you love them, but telling people that you notice that are you think might be acting strange like just showing people love like a lot of these stories you hear about people tra changing their lives around or they were thinking of suicide or they were thinking of shooting up a school or something like that 
you can feel that energy. Mm-hmm. And there's so many stories out there of saying, someone saying, I was about to, we've heard these stories. I was about to kill myself. I was about to throw those pills in, into my mouth. And I got a call from a loved one and they just said they love me out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I think it's those moments, you had mentioned this at the beginning of the show, that you feel that, that compelled, you feel that energy that you need to say something. But I feel like so many of us are scared to say whatever we feel like we need to say. It's like here, it's like stuck in your throat. Like you want to say it, it's just like. I really feel that's, that's God just telling you like, hey bro, step up, step up. It's time to, time to say something, but we, we just feel it and then we get fearful or we get. Do you, do you believe in God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, was that, um, was that recent or have you always? Oh, for me, no, I, I grew up, uh, not believing in, well, I believe I've always believed in God, but not in, not in religion or anything like that. How about you guys? Yeah, I grew up Lutheran believing in God. There was times when in my twenties, when I kind of skated away and still kind of kept the idea of God in place, but was definitely more, um, you know, agnostic throughout and recently have fully spun that back around and become closer than I've ever been. How about you? Yeah, I grew up Christian, like went to Bible school and stuff like that. And then we kind of drifted away. Um, I would say like 18, 19, maybe 20. I kind of... Not long though until you... Um, yeah, yeah. 18, 19, 20. I was like, I don't really know. I don't know what I believe. I'm kind of skeptical. And then, uh, yeah, recently, the last couple of years, um, I've definitely dug into like Christianity and really the spirit, spirituality in general, just like the power of the universe, power of God, like how like almost like God is like a part of all of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely. So you guys have never had like any sort of thoughts at all about this where it was like even crossed your mind? Either you as you or Zach, like as far as, well, I mean anything around it, either wanting to do it or thinking about it or what. Yeah, it I mean, it, like it's or, probably like it might maybe it was like a thought, but it wasn't. I was never an option. It was like that's real sure. quick in and out. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was like an imagination kind of thing, but yeah, I never, I never, I had never a thought to like ever take action on it. Absolutely not. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just here. wonder if it had any ties to your faith as well. That's why I asked him if it, mm. if he was it growing up. It, I mean, it could. I mean, it, I'd be lying if I didn't say, like, I'm driving down the road, you know, like, what would this feel like? You know, what would it feel like to die? Like, yeah. Those kinds of thoughts. Mm-hmm. But never, I've never had it where I thought, okay, I'm going to go. To put you your, know, to put yourself never, out of Never pain. gave up. Yeah, I guess it was, it was, I guess that the word suicide is what's throwing me off here because if it's, you know, what, have you ever thought about dying? What's the well, yeah, intent? That, that's, I've thought about that. What does it feel like? What is it yeah. like afterward? Like if I went, someone who shot me, what would that be like? Or mm-hmm. if I fell off a bridge or whatever, like whatever, like yeah. or a cliff, what would that be like? But you never but never doing it yourself Never doing it purposeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, it's just never been yeah. even a thought. Interesting. Yeah. You want to check the cameras? Yeah, they're probably off. I think like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Any more commercial breaks? <laughs> All right. That's cool. fine. All right.
Well, this has been an excellent conversation, guys. Told you, you can't waste any time. That's right, dude. We just got to get in here and get it done. Yeah. This was good, guys. I it appreciate was. it. No, I really, this was like very, very impactful. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I love these cards, Zach. Great idea. Yeah. <laughs> you only get through a couple of them, but they, they do a job. They do it. They just got to go to level three right away. Yeah, yeah exactly. Don't fuck around. <laughs> We only got 20, what, 40% battery. We're going to three. Exactly. <laughs> is there is there a higher level? No. There's a wild cards that tell you, like, actually do things. Like what? Uh, I guess this isn't one of them. Get a probe. Like you call somebody, <laughs> like call somebody up or we something. We have a solution for that, don't we, Ace? We got, we got to end this podcast on a, on a high note, though. Yeah, we yeah, we yeah. hit some uh, pretty, pretty heavy subjects. We did. Um, everyone, what's your funniest joke? Oh shit! I'm not Man. I'll I'll start. How about that? Please. Dude. All right. What's uh, <laughs> what's what's red and looks like a bucket? Red bucket. Red bucket. Oh shit! What's right. uh what's oh, what's brown God. and sticky? Poop. <laughs> Stick. <laughs> All right, Zach. What you got? I, really, I have no jokes, man. I know. Yeah, I'm gonna I should have like um, a list of dad jokes, but I can only do them when I'm embarrassing my kids. Yeah. Mm, I really got nothing, man. I'm blank right now. I feel like I said my only joke already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So I, this is bad. Knock, knock. Who's there? Dwayne. Dwayne who? Dwayne the bathtub. I'm drowning. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it's bad. Uh, that's knock, bad. knock jokes are pretty amazing. They are though. pretty good, yeah. Yeah. All right. You piecing out? I think so. Do you want to sign us off? Okay, sure. Guys, this has been incredible. I always love having deep conversations, especially conversation that I know once it gets out into the world that it's going to have impact on somebody. Somebody's going to listen. Somebody's going to say, you know what? I'm just going to try for one more day. Right? Just going to try for one more day. You know what I love about podcasts real quick? This shit is going to hit the internet and be live forever and so many people are so scared to have anything about themselves personally yeah. about them being vulnerable because yeah. it can have backlash yeah yeah this is something i would never like just record in my camera and be like hey this is how i feel yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like i feel so con- like i would say anything like i think i think we live in an age where people are scared of being canceled whatever that bullshit cancel culture is yeah and you know what I say bring it on motherfuckers because I'm going to fucking eat you for lunch if you come after me and the ones I love because being real and talking about what you truly believe and not in a bullshit fake way. There's so many heads out there even in the podcast realm. Mm. But being true to yourself, true to the audience so that they can relate because that's all this really is about is connecting with people. If you don't like something I say, fucking tell me. Cause I'll go to battle with you every single fucking day. It's there's, there's in this world today, there's not enough real conversation. It's all about Instagram and looking Insta famous and everything's fucking perfect. But the reality is there's so much suffering that's going on out there because of this bullshit that they're calling reality that more groups of men like this need to sit down and have conversation. And if we did as we are, and we'll continue to do, just think of the impact it'll have on the world and not us doing stuff. It's the Before AI line. takes over. Yeah, exactly. Then <laughs> you don't know if it's real or not. But my point is that that's how we change the world, gentlemen, is by being the models. Yep. It's about being Showing. real. 
it's it's about being honest and vulnerable. It's about saying the things that nobody else will say because we know just from this conversation today how many doors were opened in conversations. Like I've never had a conversation about suicide before. Never. And I just like, and how many out there are contemplating on a daily basis? Just pulling it one day at a time. Right? And it's, these conversations need to happen. And I'm just so blessed that we have this opportunity to just share ideas with the world and hopefully they impact and empower just one person. One podcast at a time. Every day. So, gentlemen, Ace, Jordan, Zach, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Thank you. Love you too, man. <laughs>